0: Hey everybody, it's James. Thanks so much for coming back to Posture Stars podcast. Today we're going to be speaking to Posture Ellie, who is a postural alignment therapist trained in the Egoscue method and also a 200-hour yoga teacher. She works with her clients of all ages and all sorts of conditions to improve their posture and restore a greater range of movement through each joint in the body. Hello Ellie. Hello. Thanks so much for coming on today. You're in the UK like myself. Are you down south somewhere?
1: Uh, well it depends on what you call down south, but for you probably um I'm in Worcester, which is kind of half an hour further south than Birmingham. Oh, yeah.
0: I know the place I was on a chair training day not too far from there in Yates with the ah, okay. Chair people recently. Well worth going on. Yeah. They're really really nice bunch if you're if you're interested in chairs. And let's face <laughs> it, like my listeners, no one is. No one is. <laughs> so um I've asked you to come on because um, I've seen you a lot on uh, Instagram uh, at Posture Ellie, and yeah. um, and also you've got a great website as well, which has evolved quite a lot over the last um, few months that I can see, and. Thanks. Um, you work intensely with posture.
1: Um, I work intensely about posture, with, with posture. I think intensely about posture. I'm always thinking about posture, but yeah, that's, it is pretty much my bread and butter is helping people with their posture. It's the curse of the posture worker, isn't it? That once, Yeah.
0: All, whenever you see someone, you're just thinking, hmm...
1: Look at that yeah. shoulder. Or <laughs> exactly. And like so many so many of my clients are like that as well. You sort of, you start pointing out the things with them and their appointment. And they're like, now that you've told me, I can't unsee it. I just see it in everybody. And I'm like, welcome to my world. Yeah, That's what I have all the time.
0: World. Yeah. Do you, do you do a thing after a couple of sessions with my clients? I sort of take them to one side and I say, now, now that you can see it in other people, just don't nag anybody because they won't thank you for it. Don't, don't yeah. nag your partner because... Because they won't have had sessions and they won't be able to change it
1: yeah I am um, they, they're like well, I just don't understand why people don't do anything about it and you just think when their time is ready they will come they will find it when they are ready to find it and then they will come 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 find their way to me
0: that's it and and to be fair I think more and more that's going to be happening um in the near future because loads of people have been working from home and yeah there's also a big switch towards well-being as well which which is fantastic and I think posture is going to become much more in people's um, thinking, particularly yeah. as we move towards um, in social media, people being on in view more, um, people being judged more. I think they're going to worry about their posture. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, whether um, whether it's a good thing that they're made more aware of it or a bad thing that it's become more more visual.
1: I mean, my, my opinion on that would be that the aesthetics of it are not a positive thing. I don't do this for myself and i don't uh, sort of work with my clients um from my perspective at all for this outcome of how you look it is an outcome of how you feel how you move how much energy you have the level you know being pain-free living into old age this is nothing about aesthetics for me it is about how you feel within your body so you know it's good that it's coming more into uh, I guess common rhetoric and people are understanding perhaps a little bit more about what posture is and what it isn't Um, but I don't like the fact that it might be making people feel more self-conscious because it's nothing about that you know it's it's about trying to get people feeling good not not looking good and the looking good is a is a byproduct of good posture but it's certainly not the goal for good posture not or not from my perspective anyway
0: yeah I'm I'm totally with you when I I first started working in this in this area one I was trying to think how can I sell this to people and I was really clear that it would improve their appearance Um, and then after a while I I kind of cut a lot of that out where I've seen it in in what I'm saying because yeah uh, well also you know you can improve your posture immensely and still have ostensibly on the outside what would look to someone else like yeah not good yeah. posture you know if, yeah. if you're if you're born with with an issue that's you're never going to be fully upright then that's the case you know
1: yeah i mean i would say that i think very few people are actually born with um postural defects or genetic issues but i think you get into murky waters where people have no memory of a time before they, them having bad posture so they attribute their bad posture sorry their bad posture to their genetics but actually it's the way that they were born it's the way that they were kept in a chair for too long as a baby it's the way they weren't given enough time crawling um all of these things will then dictate someone's early childhood posture but actually that's not genetics that's environmental and it can be changed Because most people, it is environmental. There are a few people that do have things that are, in inverted commas, wrong with them when they are born. But most people, it's absolutely environmental and it can be changed, which is empowering and wonderful. But can maybe make people a little bit defensive because the narrative that they have told themselves or that other people have told them their whole lives is actually in my opinion, sometimes quite wrong. They you know, they do have the power to change something if they do the right things in order to do it.
0: I have it the same with some of my clients that they've sort of said, Oh well, you know, life has life has made me into this um, shape and it's life's fault. And then suddenly they realise that they don't have to accept that and that they can make positive yeah. change yeah. and it's like a veil's lifted from them and they think, Oh, oh gosh, I can actually make improvements in yeah. myself. And it doesn't have to be other people doing it to or at me. Do you see it that yeah.
1: way? Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I, I completely hear that. And that's what, for me, so many clients, I think, find me in the end. I am admittedly, I, I think, a kind of last chance saloon for lots of people. They've done that round of the surgeons and the physios and the massage and the osteo and all that kind of stuff. And they haven't found the solution that they're looking for. And the people that, it's not a question of not gelling with me, but the people that We want the same things out of this process, I guess, is the people that want to put that power and work back into their hands. They're sick of spending money on people that are doing something to them, which changes things temporarily, but it doesn't change the movement patterns that have caused that in the first place. They want to take charge of their movement patterns. And from my perspective, I don't want my clients seeing me forever. I have wonderful, lovely clients, lots of them I would count as friends, but I see it as a sign of not succeeding if they are dependent on me regularly. I want it to be that they are like my fledglings and I'm, you know, they have a few sessions, they start understanding what's going on and then they fly free. And then they have that power to look after themselves for the rest of their lives. That's very much what I'm all about.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm with you on that. I say in my first session, I say my job is to make myself redundant. But then I put in a caveat and say it'd be nice to see you four times a year afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> just Don't forget me. Refreshed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if life was so, so much better, just give me 2% of all future earnings. That
1: one,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and do you know how many times that's happened? Never, never, never. <laughs> never.
1: Uh, yeah it's it's one of those things where um I, w- the, the what I want for my clients is not for them to be pain free, which might sound weird. My goal with my clients is not for them to be pain free. My goal for my clients is for their body to be as functional as it can be. So you can be pain free, but bordering on that edge of, it just takes one wrong move. It takes one fall in the street. It takes one bending over in the shower and you know your back going or something like that. I say that because that always tends to be something that comes up quite a lot with my clients. I'm not aiming to get my clients pain-free. I'm aiming to get them as functional as they can be. So this doesn't ever end in a, not in a way of I want to have sessions with them every week for the rest of their lives, but you becoming pain-free isn't the end goal. That's part of the process. The process is maintaining that function for the rest of your life so to your point there is an argument for saying come back four times a year because it is like seeing a personal trainer. you've just got to keep mixing it up adapting the exercises to the body and making sure that your body hasn't changed in another way you know your posture six months ago will be different to your posture now and you're different to your posture in in another six months either negatively or positively you might be doing really good work and improving things or you could be becoming more and more sedentary in a kind of compensatory spiral of pain and problems, so things are getting worse. But posture is very dynamic.
0: Totally, yeah. Posture is a process rather than a position. Anyone, anyone Agreed. can adopt an an improved position and say, "Look, my posture's better." But how yeah. are they going to empty the dishwasher with that that position? Or, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Take beans off the top shelf. Well, I think we're into the realm of my very first question. Which... <laughs>
1: Sorry, i have answered everything already.
0: <laughs> it's perfect, though. What? So here we go. What is posture?
1: So. I was thinking about this and it's so hard, I think, for me to put my finger on something and it's almost easier to say what posture isn't. Posture is not pulling your shoulders back and sitting up straight. That is not posture. Posture is not a yoga pose. Posture is a result of your movement patterns and you have different postures for different situations. You have a sitting posture, a standing posture, a walking posture, you know, you know, everything you do is a posture but the way in which you perform that movement is a result of how functional the muscles in your body are so there is no good thing as a good posture it is almost every all the work that you're doing outside of the activities that you do that will enable your body to hold itself in this like strength alignment balance with in commas good posture but without you even thinking about it so it's not it's just not a conscious thing that you do. It is a result of everything else that you are doing with your body. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that not even 200 years ago uh, the world, well, not even 30 years ago, 10 years ago, the world was a very different place. But in the last 250 years, the world has changed beyond recognition. You know, our primal human bodies that are animalistic bodies that are kept fit and healthy through constant varies, movement, challenge, stress, Worry, you know, physical stress, all that sort of stuff. That's how the human body keeps itself healthy. And movement is just being stripped away from us year on year on year because of advancements in technology. So it is a result of movement patterns, and people are getting increasingly bad posture because the environment that we live in is so noxious when it comes to lack of movement, childhood development, schooling, universities. We are just sat in a chair from the moment we are four years old, and then we wonder why we can't do anything else but sit in chairs comfortably and it's environment sorry impassioned rant there <laughs>
0: no i'm i'm with you i'm I'm as passionate about it as well it's it's just <laughs> incredible that so much of the things that we uh that we buy that are supposed to improve our qualities of life are actually having a negative effect on our on our quality yeah. of life apart from the washing yeah. machine apart from the washing uh, machine yeah, but yeah,
1: I would agree. I would definitely agree with that as well.
0: Nowadays, it is. People are becoming so much more sedentary. I think it's overstated that sitting is the new smoking, but um, sitting constantly certainly is a yeah. ter- terrible, terrible way to spend your time.
1: In, on paper, in principle, there is nothing wrong with sitting. Sitting is no more negative for you than any other position that you do for eight, 10, 12 hours of the day. That's what it comes down to. You could be stretching your hips for 12 hours. That wouldn't be good. You could be sitting in a squat for 12 hours. That wouldn't be good. You could be walking for 12 hours. That wouldn't be good. You know, it's, it's not sitting that's the problem. It's anything that we do for like long periods of time. So one of the things I think is really, people are kind of losing that disconnect between, I don't know, that they sit all day And then they try and take these wonky, stiff, compensating bodies to these aggressive forms of high intensity exercise that their bodies are frankly, frankly, not capable of doing. It's like taking the kind of battered up, you know, 1960s beetle or something to an elite marathon or something. It's just people's bodies are not fit for the purposes in which they're trying to to use them for because they are being told Sitting is the new smoking. You have to go and do this exercise and all your free spare time and like get your heart rate going and all this stuff. And when I see people running, like probably 96% of people that I see running down the street, I'm just hands over eyes, clawing at my face. Like what is happening? How does this person think it's a good idea? You can see it in their feet, in the movement of their hips, their pelvis, the rounding forward of the shoulders, often rotation. We are trying to batter our bodies to be healthy and actually it needs to be stripped way 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 back and high intensity exercise for most people does not suit them layered on top of the sedentary lifestyle that they're leading sedentary lifestyle needs a gentle approach to corrective exercises to get the building blocks of movement in place before that body is then ready to do the crazy things that they are trying to do with it
0: yeah, and and everybody is at the moment just jumping into the crazy stuff after um, we're, we're just coming out of some lockdown periods at the moment. The physio clinics I work at at the moment have got people queuing outside who've been sat down for a year to a year and a half, and then suddenly they've they've gone to the gone to the gym and thrown themselves at yeah. it as if you know suddenly within one week they're going to be um, Superman and or Superwoman. How do you help people with uh, with their posture then, Ellie?
1: So. The way that I help people with their posture is through corrective exercises that are suitable for them. So, one of the things that I get asked when I'm doing, I want to say media, but then if I say that, that sounds bad. But if I do like a magazine article, I get asked for a comment or something. They say, What's the best exercise? You know, give us an exercise that um, we could give to people. And the answer is, is that there is no universal exercise that suits everybody because it completely boils down to your own compensations and dysfunctions so for some people they might not be able to move their shoulders that is their dysfunction for other people they might be so stiff in their ankles that's their dysfunction other people they can't flex their hip that's their dysfunction so depending on the body in front of you the way in which I prescribe the exercises is very very different and obviously it will come down to confidence levels mobility levels severity of pain where you're starting off from, but the answer is always a series of corrective exercises suited to that person that is working on expanding that person's range of movement at the joints in their body at a pace that they can handle. So most people that come and see me will not be able to do the massively crazy difficult exercises that I have within my software that I don't even like doing myself because they challenge me too much. Most people is going to be, like I mentioned earlier, very basic building blocks let's just reduce some of that pelvic rotation let's reduce some of that thoracic rotation let's get your hips rotating let's see how poorly your feet move which um you know is something that i'm constantly dealing with is how dysfunctional people are in their feet Um, and i feel very passionately about feet but the way in which i help people is giving people this pathway towards moving in a better way which ultimately as a byproduct will create less and less pain as time goes on so it's not a magic um you know It's not a magic cure it's not a magic pill it's not going to happen overnight but slowly but surely we unwind these years decades of movement problems and start sort of re how that person wants to move and i'm not focusing on their pain because the area of the body that hurts is most often the area of the body that is bearing too much load or overworking it's compensating the area that hurts doesn't tell me anything helpful other than that's why that person's come to me. I don't care about the knee pain. I don't care about the hip pain. What I care about is what else do we need to wake up in the body that will take that knee pain down or take that hip pain down? So, yeah, when I'm with this, it's people are kind of motivated to come to me because they're in pain. But like I said earlier, it's about movement and getting people moving better and that's what the corrective exercises do
0: you're the first person who said to me that you you wake stuff up in people and and I've I've really sort of my brain honed in on that and thought nobody's ever said that before so (laughs) your weight
1: can you tell me a bit more about that so like as an example one of the most common dysfunctions that I'm dealing with is an inability of the hip to flex within the hip socket so the iliopsoas muscle the primary hip flexor is the muscle that's supposed to bring the knee towards the torso, you know, when we're walking, lifting up the leg. Most people are so abdominal dominant, so quad dominant because of various exercise modalities that tell them to aggressively squeeze their core and tuck their pelvis under. Again, another rant I could talk about. Um, but because of this kind of locking on within that sort of core region, they lose the ability to wake up their hips. So For most people that I see, I would go so far as to say that the underlying issue is that their hips don't work properly. That's really what it boils down to for most people. And when I say about waking stuff up, I'll have the person in front of me on Zoom and I'll be saying, where do you feel this? What muscles waking up? We're trying to wake up. I know they should be feeling it at the front of the hip, a kind of deep burn within the hip socket. That tells me that that person has woke up their uh, their iliopsoas. And so I say, where do you feel it? And they're like, oh, my quads my abs, my glutes, and I'm thinking this person's compensating, they're not feeling it in the right place, this is one of the reasons why they have their pain, and then when they hit that spot, when we give them the right exercise, or just carry on a bit longer, and they get that burn deep in the hips, because I'll say to them, when this happens, you're going to know that it's happened, because you're going to get a really strong cramp in your hip, because it's kicked into play for the first time in 20, 30, 40 years, and then it happens, and they're like, oh you know all of this time I thought my legs were working as they should do because I could feel that I have muscles there but the wrong muscles were doing the job so when I say wake stuff up it is about waking up the dysfunctional stuff that has fallen asleep that doesn't hurt because it's fallen asleep but the other stuff around it or not even close to it far away may hurt because they're taking a load due to that dysfunction
0: when I sometimes when I go to the gym I see people who are who are so front dominated, and they're almost curled over like a yeah. like a, a like a, um, a ladybird, a pill bug, I think they call it in the in the states.
1: If your whole goal is to look like that, you are, are bypassing function. You are too focused on having big pecs and big biceps and strong abs that you're forgetting about that kind of nuance of movement that is available to you at every joint. Which, if you focused on that as much as you did the kind of the big superficial muscle players that everyone can see. If you focus on all the other kind of unsexy stuff that's too deep for you to see and doesn't give you that aesthetic goal, you'll have this whole body balance. But unfortunately, I think too much in the, the gym and the fitness world, it's about how you look. It's not about how you move or how you feel. It's just, again, it comes back to aesthetics. That's all wrong.
0: Okay. So um, uh, you've told us what you think posture is and how you work with posture. And then in the midst of how you work with posture, you'd mentioned that no one specific exercise is, is really applicable or suitable to all people, which kind of stimmies me for my third question which is always uh if you if you were to give our listeners one piece of advice right now what would that be
1: i mean i can give advice i'm not going to give an exercise but i can give advice yeah um oh god i could give advice all day i think if i was going to give people one piece of advice it would be listen to your body for goodness sake listen to your body if you are trying to do something and it hurts you You are extremely lucky that you are able to receive that message from your body. It's your body's way of saying, please stop doing this. I'm in danger. I need you to stop. And if you carry on, I'm going to say runners, because in my experience, my runners are my most kind of belligerent clients who won't stop running. But if you are continuing to do something that causes you pain, you are going to feel worse. Like this should be so simple, but in a world of no pain, no gain, this is probably the hardest thing I have to get across to my clients. It's like, you gritting your teeth, holding your breath, squeezing all that tension and fighting through pain is not the way out. The way out is through teaching breath, relaxation of, um, you know, the neck or the wherever it is a person's holding tension. The way out is through teaching your body to be more comfortable and relaxed so that we can turn off this fight or fight mode and we can actually start digging into the bits of your body that don't work. If your body is gritting its teeth and fighting through something. You are just moving yourself towards injury. You know, moving, working, continuing to push through pain will never get you out of pain. And like I said, you would not think that that would have to be something I would need to say. I need to hit that home. Every class that I do, I hit that home because people don't get it. They think that every single other person in the class is experiencing that low-level neck tension or that shoulder pain or that knee pain. And it's like, I don't have any pain anywhere in my body. That's what being pain-free is. Being pain-free is not having some tension in your body because that is on that spectrum of your body is telling you something so please stop doing that thing don't fight through pain listen to your body and do more of the things that make you feel good afterwards follow that body's intuition
0: you've mentioned twice now runners i live right next to a country park in a in a big urban area and we see a lot of runners there and when you mentioned fight or fright you reminded me of that um that startle pattern response of people's shoulders raising and the neck tightening and so many of the runners that I see are in that fight or flight startle pattern as they run and it just can't be comfortable and I look at them and I I turn to my my long-suffering wife who (laughs) and I say you know they see that person there they're doing running they're not having a run they're not enjoying a run they're doing running. And you can see the displeasure on their faces. It's some form of self flagellation or punishment mm. that got it. I've got myself into this physical state. And unless I punish myself, I can't
1: get out of it. Yeah and I think you know I completely get it because running is really pleasurable you know it's very meditative Um, I've done like I haven't would never do more than a half marathon but I've done a half marathon before and I get it that kind of high that you get when you're in that flow state and everything's knocked out and that's wonderful but I just think that like you said it's this kind of self-punishment I think it's because we're fed this thing of if it's not hard you're not doing it properly you know it shouldn't be that having a run is going for a run is a struggle or um that you have pain it should be that it is a pleasurable relaxed uh, fluid experience and then you know they get themselves into these spirals where they're just looking at what orthotics they can put in their shoes how fluffy their shoes can be let's put a knee brace on all of these things are just Band aid solutions to a global problem. You know, if your foot's collapsing in, it's not just your foot. It's how your hips are interacting with your foot. It's what the shoulders are doing above that. And and if only they would take a step back, leave the running for a few months, do this type of work, set their body up for success and efficiency and function, and then their running would feel completely, completely different. But I completely agree with you. I see sometimes people, and I'm just they look pained. They just look it doesn't look like that kind of easy flowing uh, run that you see when you see that some of the really like ultra marathon runners that just make it look like a dance don't they, they look incredible yeah,
0: yeah. And, and we can't be all as amazing as them but we can certainly enjoy exercise rather than making it a, yeah. a punishment or, or damaging to us
1: exactly exactly
0: okay well that's all fantastic advice and i'm sure our listeners have got loads out of that what do they do if they want to find you where are you
1: they can get in touch with me through my website, www.posture-ellie.com or my Instagram and my YouTube at Um, Both of those uh, sort of platforms have got loads of videos and stuff that people can watch and interact with. And if they like what they see and it resonates with them, then do check out my website and you can have a look at that kind of process about becoming a one-to-one client of mine if you're interested.
0: There you go, folks. So um, thanks so much for coming on Ellie it's been a pleasure to speak to you you've maintained a really nice open upright posture as we've talked through the whole process
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a noticed I, I hadn't noticed it's so natural for me no I'm joking oh, yeah, I'm joking clearly. it's only really that <laughs> <laughs> no thank well, you so so much for having me James it's been great coming on